Welcome to the Rockin' Life podcast. And today we have Tosh Britton here. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. The sun is shining in the UK. You know, it's Friday afternoon. It's all good, as they say. So, uh, yeah, sunshine just really, really makes the difference as well. So, um, yeah, very happy about all of this. Yeah. Thank you. And so, I'm happy to be here as well. So, thank you. I love interviewing people. It's my passion. Every Friday, I look forward to an interview on, on the podcast. And uh, I'm in Dallas, Texas, as you all know. It's a sunny, sunny day. So, it's looking forward to a great weekend here. But the Rockin' Life podcast, I started that in August last year, and it's growing. It's so awesome to hear all the people that are commenting, sending in emails. It's so nice. And uh, today we have Tosh. You yourself went through a divorce, a difficult time. You can hear about that a little bit today. And uh, you're founder of the Divorce Goddess podcast and blog. Uh, you're a mom of two teenagers, and you also have, a, in the process of writing a book called Divorce, A Kinder Approach. And uh, we're going to hear a little bit about that as well in this podcast. It's so interesting. But uh, initially, we're going to start with a story, a little story from, from your divorce. Uh, what was that? I am a child of divorced parents. So 30 years old, my parents don't really speak to each other still. And that's something that we've all kind of grown up with. And as a result, I kind of really consider them my best teachers. And when I sort of started out on the path of my own divorce, I remember going around to see some friends and they were lawyers, they weren't family lawyers. And I just remember them saying, you know, what are you going to do about this? And what are you going to do about pensions and all sorts? And we kind of were, we were, you know, it was the world recession. Our business was in quite a lot of trouble. And I just remember thinking they were going, you have to get anything that's going. And I remember standing in their kitchen hearing them talking like this and just I had this massive rock of like fear and stress and anxiety in my stomach and you know when you start going through the process anyway you're pretty stressed and you've got like cortisol like living in your body permanently your body's filled with it yeah and they were like well what are you going to do about it you know where are you going to go how is it all going to work out and I just remember sort of standing there and I couldn't give them an answer I was in that sort of fight, flight, freeze mode, probably the freeze mode actually and the fright because it just didn't feel good in my body. I just didn't feel like this was a good thing um, to think about, although it was a very, it was, you know, the usual route for everybody to go down is to go into that battlefield in that war zone. Anyway, so I went for a walk with my dogs and uh, I kind of had a little think about it, a bit of fresh air. Yeah, and I sort of came to the conclusion all on my own that um, I was going to do it differently. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit more about this later on in the podcast, mm. but uh, I hear this so often, and I, I experienced it myself too in my divorce. I, d I divorced about six years ago, and when you have two lawyers that only look out for each other's clients, and it becomes a, a hostile uh, divorce where you can't mm. agree it can fester so much destruction in yeah. a relationship. And uh, I just had a, a, one of my clients here, I think it was yesterday, I think it was his uh, wife's son was going through a divorce and uh, they, had, they were dealing with the same thing. And I also had another podcast interview here that's going to be released here in a couple of weeks here where he had 
both his parents and a sibling were lawyers. And they, they told him pretty much, you have to get a lawyer. You're just stupid if you don't get a lawyer. Mm. And he said, I'm not going to get a lawyer. We're going to work this out ourselves. We're going to get a mediator and really try to make this a win-win for both of us for this divorce to be a, a good separation. And they have mm. a great relationship. But uh, he said, financially, yeah, I could have probably made out better to get a lawyer. But I really wanted my wife to have because she was a homemaker and he wanted to support her in going into a new direction. But it brings so much fear into a, a, a divorce. Yeah. Now, they have collaborative divorces. I think that's a great way to do it if you can't communicate. But to have mm -hmm. two, two lawyers, I think, can be very, very destructive. I, I yeah. just uh, commend you for that. Thank you. Well, we did have a lawyer in the end, but we, we kind of were like, can we just use the same lawyer? And then they can just do the paperwork and the part of the process. Yeah. And I think what was kind of really key for us is I talk about this a lot with my coaching work is look at your divorce as a like project manage your divorce. And it's about sort of taking responsibility of getting out of something and sort of emotionally flatlining. So, you know, you can just see it for what it is and to keep actually, ultimately, if you have children, your children are the, you know, they should be your focus point. Like all the decisions should lead towards the children being the most important part of it. Because, you know, as we all know, unhappy children, you know, you're only as happy as your unhappiest child. And I don't think it's any longer okay with all the support around. Just don't immediately take up, you know, that, that sort of battle cry, if you like, and, um, and think that's the only way. And absolving yourself of any responsibility, you know, no matter what has happened. So, Yeah. How long ago did you go through a divorce? So we separated in 2011 okay. and we got our divorce papers through. We had a family house that we needed to sell and we just could not sell this house. And it took seven years to oh, sell wow. this house. And the divorce and the house came. In the end, we were just like, oh, we'll just sort the divorce out and not wait for the house to be sold. And how weird is this? In the same week after seven years, both got signed off. We completed on our marriage and our divorce and um, and our house sale. I mean, oh, you just yeah. can't make that stuff up. You just think, yeah. oh my goodness me. And I think that's the thing is people like, you know, I just want it over and done with really quickly. Well, sometimes life just doesn't give us what we want when we want it. And we have to kind of live with a bit more forgiveness and and just be gentle with ourselves and kinder for all those unexpected bumps and delays and everything else that goes on so rather than sort of turning up the heat and getting angry about it and and just work a bit more with acceptance which i know we're going to talk about a little bit yeah divorce for me was definitely a wake-up call in many ways i definitely had issues where I'm trying to keep up with the Joneses, having a, a nice house, having a car, having all these material things, and everything just comes collapsing down like a card house and uh, realizing that that's not the most important thing in life and uh, starting to reevaluate your life. I think divorce can definitely be that wake-up call mm -hmm. that can actually turn your life around in a very positive way if you let it. But it's going to take yeah. work yourself. It's going to take having people around you that support you. And mm -hmm. I usually say that when you go through these difficult periods, that's when you need to have the support of others. 
so easy to make bad decisions if you don't have people that can call you out on your BS. Call you out. I agree. <laughs> I love that. It's really important. But, you know, I think that when you're in a heightened, anxious and stressed state, it, it makes it harder for you to actually be able to reach out and get help. So, you know, I think from this, you know, if you are going through a divorce, get your, I call it the support squad um, together. So you know exactly who your, you know, the people are, your friends that you can speak about various, you know, don't use the same friend all the time or the same couple of friends, but get really kind of like, right, you're my friend for Wednesday if I need to call somebody and you can yeah. be my Thursday friend. And, you know, get organized, you know, this is a project and sort of as with all projects, you know, you have the team and you have you know, the various different areas. And uh, I, I like that, the, the Thursday friend and the fr Friday friend. <laughs> the Friday I, friend I, might mean a beer as well or, yeah. or a glass of wine, but. Yeah, I, I had, uh, it was actually my, my counselor that, uh, I, because I was so lonely, very, very depressed and um, probably for the first year, year and a half, but both that I had uh, gone through a divorce, but I also recently moved from Sweden to the U.S., uh, having uh, uh, not a lot of friends. And uh, she said, reach out to a few people that you, you trust. And uh, it was about four people, but it was mainly the two people that had gone through a divorce. I felt that they understood me. The others listened, they were awesome, but uh, it was definitely people that uh, have gone through the same thing you were going through that I could really relate to. And they're my best friends now. And to be able to, uh, to gain that, and I think it's probably more so for guys than, than women. Uh, it can be hard to, uh, to reach out asking for help and also being vulnerable with other guys to be able to open up and share these hurts was so healing for me to be able yeah. to reach out and say, I'm not doing well. I need mm -hmm. your help. I need your support. And isn't it interesting, the healing comes when we are vulnerable and we're, you know, we don't, you know, we, we're kind of, we can share our, our thoughts of shame and, you know, there is no shame. You're just a human yeah. being going through a really tough experience and, you know, you kind of share that because I think it's really important and especially for men who, you know, it, you know, if they're successful and they've had jobs and everything comes crushing down, they lose their family, they lose their, you know, the shame, the whole shame is really big for men, I believe, particularly from certainly from the experience. Um, but the healing is in the, you know, walking through your fears and reaching out and talking. So, yeah, I love yeah. that. I dealt with a lot of shame about the divorce. Having parents have been, been married for their whole life and, mm -hmm. uh, also, being in a church that preached very strongly about staying married. And uh, it wasn't that they said the divorce was uh, terrible, but they didn't talk a lot about divorce. And it looked like, okay, you have to stay married. And uh, I felt like a huge failure going through a divorce. And I didn't want to talk to people about my divorce uh, initially for the first year, probably, especially with people that were close to me. So I had to deal with that. But when I started to, to talk about it, that shame just dissipated. Shame wants you to be quiet about it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's going to keep fester inside of you until you start re releasing it. Mm. So. Another question, yeah. not a question, but we're talking about faith and fear. I have it on my shirt here. Every yeah. This is my podcast <laughs> shirt. <laughs> Love uh, that shirt. I, I think that shirt is so cool. Yeah. So how, uh, fear, how did fear in, in your divorce affect you? Um. And faith. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, the whole lot. Uh, so for me, it was really um, around financials. And I was a stay at home mom, and our business had pretty much collapsed. And, you know, we, we had some great idea at some point, we were going to sell it, and that would be our pension. So I was like, Oh, my goodness, what am I going to do in my life? I've got to retrain, I've got to, I've got to get over my fears of how I'm going to survive in the future. Um, and I got to a stage, actually, where I, um, I, t- I talk about this a lot, where I, I was so stressed about fears of the future um, that I literally just couldn't live in the present moment. We talk about the present moment. And, and so my life was one long sort of fast speed travelator of me trying to get to the future and, uh, and, and, you know, discover what was there. And actually what I needed to do was just look after myself every day. And um, I, my, I dropped my children off at school one day and I came home and I made myself a cup of tea and halfway through I just started crying because I was so exhausted. Fear exhausted me so much. Um, and I, I spent the next six hours just crying and locked myself away in the downstairs bathroom um, and I just didn't know what to do and all I did was like cry for six hours. And then I opened up the door and I just thought, okay, you've got to have faith that there's something bigger than what you think you can control and what you're worried about. Just trust that you're not, you know, just be a good person, be kind, be um, honest, be authentic, show up for yourself every day. And, and, and with that, the, the fear started dissipating. Um, and I think it's really important we look after ourselves and we have to kind of, and whatever you choose to believe in, you know, whether it's religion, spiritual, spirituality, whatever it is, you know, having faith that it's going to be okay is yeah. really, really important. Absolutely. And having people around you too, that uh, the, the problem initially in the divorce for me was uh, absolutely a lot of fear, uh, had more to do, not so much about finances, but to, to be able to live in the same country as my kids. Mm. So I didn't have a green card. Uh, I, the kids were in the US, I, I'm a Swedish citizen. And um, uh, what I did, well, I, I filed for full custody and that brought so much fear into the divorce. It was a, one of the, my biggest mistakes. And a lot of times you have blind spots. You don't see clearly when you are in mm-hmm. fear mode. And to be able to have people around you that can uh, be your best friend, it can be a mentor or a coach that can see from a dis- different perspective and help you along. And, and my counselor was so instrumental going through the divorce. I could call her anytime. I would text her, uh, what do I need to do in this situation? And she gives me a different perspective of it. And where I'm in in fear mode and say, okay, I, I need to do, 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 and I'm just panicking, uh, especially initially in the divorce. When you've never been in that situation, you don't know what to do. So, so having people around you uh, is so crucial uh, in divorce. I, I yeah. say it all the time. So. And I think there are a lot of people, I mean, uh, I kind of think probably it's quite good to talk about this at the moment because it's quite isolating life. And, you know, I don't know about the States, but certainly I know lots of people who are single in the UK and they feel really isolated and they feel very lonely and very alone. And um, and I, I think it, it's really important, even if you're feeling like that, to just just go, you know, what can I lose by making a phone call? 
You know, yeah. how, you know, what is, what is the worst that's going to happen to pick up the phone to somebody and go, do you know what? I just need to talk to somebody. I need some help. Can you help me? And I think we forget people really love being asked for help. People want to help other people Absolutely. and support people. Yeah. And um, so in that, you know, if you're worried about reaching out and phoning somebody or talking to somebody or texting somebody, know that you're giving them this gift to be able to help you and for them to feel better. So yeah, win-win. Yeah. Exactly. I usually say whenever loneliness is such an epidemic, yeah. it's uh, and, and to be able to find ways to uh, to get to know other people is definitely one very important part of divorce. And I started playing tennis again. I started playing golf again, picking up these old uh, things that I used to love to do, which I didn't do anymore. And uh, tennis has become such an amazing place where I, I connect with other people. I get to know people. And trying to find organic ways to reach out and find friends is also, mm -hmm. uh, I think, not only divorce, there's so many lonely people. Yeah. And I actually started a, a Zoom gathering every Monday at 10 uh, Central Time, I guess it's called, that we gather on Zoom and learning how to connect. My mentor, John Maxwell, has written a book called Everyone Communicates, But Few Connect. Connecting is when you, when you can be honest, when you can be authentic mm. with people. And it's, it's a skill. It's not something that you're born with. That's something you learn. Yeah, I agree. And I think kind of connecting to yourself first, and it's like yeah. anything, you know, until you can love yourself first, you know, how can you be expected to really, truly love everybody else? And, you know, and be able to connect with other people means actually at some point you've got to like have a chat to yourself and be okay with yourself. And I think the more you can get to know yourself and celebrate who you are, and, you know, people talk about self-love and self-love can be really difficult for people. So maybe just apply some self-kindness if that's easier and, and just be with yourself. You know, I, I put a post out on my Instagram today about, you know, go out for a coffee, take yourself out for a coffee, you know, take yourself out to see a film, enjoy being with yourself. And that sort of that sort of sends the loneliness, the, the mind monkeys packing a bit, you know. I think sort of being with yourself is really, really important. We actually um, did a, a panel on loving yourself on the podcast a few months ago. It's actually a very good episode. We're talking about that and how to love yourself. A lot of people say, yeah, you just have to love yourself. But how do you do that? Yeah, I, <laughs> it, I agree. It's important to, to, to take that step. Now, yeah. uh, you talk a lot about acceptance and letting go and giving more peace. I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, this is my really big thing. I, I trained as a mindfulness teacher because that was really what got me through. It sort of scraped me up off the floor and picked me up and put me back together and got me out of bed from under the duvet on those days where I just never thought I could. And I really got into the sort of the what could I control and what couldn't I control and choosing your battles. And sometimes we just have to accept that life isn't going to go the way we think it's going to go. And when we try to control life too much, we almost block it because it's that way or no way. So it's never going to happen. And again, it comes back to that sort of faith over fear thing. Sometimes we have to just trust that there is something bigger out there, whoever yeah. it is or whatever it is, is actually kind of getting everything ready for us, but we've just got to get out of our own way. So that acceptance and letting go for me is actually 
you know, if, if something's not working, and I think it was Freud that said, you know, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different, you know, outcome or something along those lines is if something's not working, just kind of go, right, okay. You know, instead of walking into it again and again, going, come on, why is it not working? Why is it not working? And then coming to peace is actually we do feel more peaceful when we just kind of like get over ourselves, take ourselves out for a little chat and just, you know, just let it go and just just give yourself time to take that lovely deep breath and just know that, you know, we can't control everything. Yeah, and it's important to be able to, to let go. And uh, it can become a very difficult downward spiral when you don't let go, when you don't let go of the past hurts. And this can be, it is very, very difficult, but it can also be the best uh, occurrence. Uh, mm. The divorce can become a very positive thing, but yeah. to, to let go of the past and all these, the, these things is important. And, kind of like forget about these things and go on. It's interesting because people say to me, let go and accept that makes what they did okay to me. No, it, it doesn't change what they did no. to you. No. But actually, it's for you. It's your Absolutely. choice to think, actually, do you know what? You know, it's that whole thing about drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. It's yeah. like, how much of this do you want to hold within you? And, and the whole process of forgiveness is the healing Forgiving is healing. You don't yeah. have to forget. That is the learning. I call sort of like the forget, not forgetting is the learning in all of this. Yeah. But the forgiveness is what you don't hold inside you and you, and it's about the healing. So. But uh, when I say f forget, it's mainly about not to have that stuff keep going in your head yeah. all the time. Yeah. Because that's uh, people I interview, some people, it's just, they can't let go of it. It kind of keeps going around in their head constantly, all these things. And uh, that's not very helpful. It's exhausting as well. It's yeah. so tiring. And so many people are just, you know, it's like dragging all this baggage around with you. Like every time it's, you know, even getting into new relationships, it's like how much of this old stuff do you want to keep on, like putting on your back and dragging into the next part of your life? And, you know, just ease up on yourself. Give yourself permission to, you know, live a lighter, more more kinder, more, you know, loving life. Yeah. So uh, another question I had was, uh, was there anything that you learned about yourself going through the divorce that you feel like you were a little off course during the marriage or before the, ma before the divorce? Yeah, it's a really good question. I realized was I was really disempowered towards the end of my marriage. And it wasn't because my ex disempowered me. It was just that I just lost my way and I lost who I was becoming a mum, a wife, a mum. I was a stay-at-home mum. We did kind of bit of business, but, you know, my ex-husband was away pretty much most of our marriage. So I was on my own with the children. There was part of me going, well, I can do this on my own in the marriage. I can do it on my own when I'm divorced. So, um, but what I did feel was that sense of disempowerment and which is why I love doing what I do now because I work mainly with women who have been homemakers and who haven't worked, who get to the stage in their life in their 50s where they go, oh my goodness me, what am I going to do now? How am I going to survive? Yeah. And what I learned was that a stubbornness for the first time in my life was really, really good. Um, <laughs> 
and uh, and b that we all have the strength within us to to get through this and we just have to believe we can do it and it's yeah. that self belief that came out for me with daily habits as well this doesn't just sort of suddenly land on you and you go da i can do this and i'm cool you know it's a journey this whole thing but life is a journey it is we a nev- journey we never get to our destination yeah. it's just a series of you know small points until you know finally we kind of like doff our cap to this lifetime but Yeah, it's definitely a journey. What are the things that you help people with going through divorce? If you just take a few examples. I work with women who come from they've been homemakers, they've been mums, they've been working in the home and they've been a good wife and and then and it happens both ways this is not pointing the finger at guys it's just the example you know and that maybe their husband has an affair maybe somebody younger and they literally just look at their life as complete abject failure and they can't really see the wood for the trees they just their their self esteem their self worth is really low and that's why i call myself a divorce life coach because for me divorce is the found uh, other is the foundation for your future. Yeah. And the soon as you soon as you start in your divorce process or in the separation process putting in those building blocks those foundations the easier it is for you to transition and carry on and, and live a greater more exciting life. And there's nothing you know if you've been in the coaching world there's nothing more oh it's just lovely and you see somebody and they go I did this and I did that and because it, we we're, we're doing this sort of the age group we are I'm going to share this and one of the first things I suggest to all my clients right is they go and buy themselves a pair of red knickers and red pants <laughs> because it doesn't matter what is going on in the outside world if you got to walk into a meeting or you got to do something like go for your first job interview in years and years and years have a pair of fancy red knickers or pants on because nobody but you knows that they're there and it's like this kind of yep it's this sass you're owning your sass yeah the men i work with are usually feeling very shameful um they feel quite broken that they all they ever did was do the right thing for their wives by you know providing and and they just kind of got no idea that along the way you know both of you just sort of split and you know emotionally and mentally and then obviously physically at the end so um and and really just to help them understand where women come from as well so they can then talk to their wives better and get a more agreeable more understanding um uh sort of path and project together so they they can kind of rephrase their male like kind of you know the words the functional words and they can use more sort of emotional words so which women understand their wives understand so that's how i help them There you go. That's that's really really <laughs> awesome. I actually heard uh, a, a very famous songer, a singer. I can't remember Billie Eilish. You know Billie yeah, Eilish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's my my youngest daughter's yeah. favorite uh, uh, singer. I don't know that much about her, but I actually saw a TikTok the other day, uh, a, a short video. 
for you guys that don't know about TikTok, but uh, <laughs> I yeah, know we're ta- talking about TikTok. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> our children. <laughs> exactly. I learned TikTok and Snapchat through my kids, <laughs> and I love them both. <laughs> Uh, I really love uh, Snapchat because it's a short snap uh, is mm-hmm. either a picture or a video and you can send them to the kids and that's how we communicate and it's a great way to stay connected with your kids and loved ones. Uh, but TikTok is, I think, is a really great way to kind of like, I don't spend a lot of time on it, but uh, usually like maybe a, a few minutes in the morning, uh, listen to a few inspirational uh, people we, that I follow. We're getting a little confessional here for me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I think I need to incorporate a bit more TikTok into my life or some TikTok anyway. So. Yeah. But a lot of people, they, they get consumed by it. So it's important mm-hmm. like yeah. anything to keep it in moderation. But uh, she shared uh, something that I thought was very powerful. It's like she said that uh, it's so awesome to know that I'm going to die. I'm going to disappear and nobody's going to know about me 100 years from now. And to be able to live a life of transparency, being open, being able to be you, you don't really need to worry about having failure in life because Mm. nobody's going to know. You're going to die and you're going to dissipate. And for Mm. such a young person to say that. Incredible, isn't she? Very powerful, really. Mm. I think we all just have to stop worrying what anybody else thinks and just, just do what feels right for us. One of the things that I learned through going through divorce, I was very concerned about what other people thought about mm. me. Having the, to kind of like show up the, the nice house, having the good marriage, having the, the good kids, etc. Mm. But uh, I realized it doesn't work that way. <laughs> it doesn't. You're going to be tripped up at some point, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. I know I was. And that eating some humble pie never does anybody any harm, I don't think. Back to the guy that I talked to before, the the guy that uh, had both parents and and sibling uh, that was divorced lawyers, he he said afterwards, I learned that keeping up with Joneses was one of my biggest mistakes Mm. in the marriage because they had everything. They had the the nice house, they had the car, and now he lives in an 800-square-foot apartment and he loves it. Uh, He's totally changed his whole life. He doesn't have the same money as he had before, but that's not what's important for him right now. Right now, it's you know to staying connected with his kids, mm-hmm. and uh, also having experiences. Yeah, uh, he, I, he started I up a, a, a divorce group now with ten thousand people over nine months, and it's awesome. And I love uh, that. oh, was that um, divorced over? Well, over forty. Forty. Yeah. Yeah. No, I follow him. It's an amazing story. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I love that. Now we're gonna round off the podcast here. We've had such a nice chat. I always end the podcast asking, asking you if you have someone that's going through a divorce right now, mm-hmm. in the middle of a divorce, maybe initiated. What would your words of encouragement or? Uh, advice would be for this person that's sitting there listening right now? What is happening in my world? I would say to you that just take each day. I want to give you the magic medicine. Of course, I want to give you the magic medicine. But, you know, we don't 
you will be the better person when you come out of it if you didn't have the if you don't have the magic medicine so just take one day at a time and just you know that um i, I encourage people to practice gratitude so just really be thankful and appreciative of everything that you do have rather than focusing on what you don't have and, and just to almost sort of like every day to say thank you for three people that helped you thank you for three things that happened and that really sort of over time this habit is the game changer and changes that neural pathway from you know sort of like that negative victimhood into a more sort of open positive and happier uh, way of living and just just know that where you are now you're probably getting about three bits in this uh, where you are now is not your forever yeah uh, that's really really good I, th I think it's so crucial to be grateful and mm. uh, to have it as a uh, a regular thing that you do. I actually have a, a reminder every day uh, to say those three things so in case I forget. But to be able to be grateful, it's crucial. And I'll add my, my uh, few cents to really gain, if you don't have friends, if you don't have people around you that can support you, really make sure that you reach out. Because I hear so many stories where people go down into this vicious downward spiral, they're mm -hmm. lonely, depressed, suicidal thoughts, and have a hard time reaching out. Really reach out to, to a good friend that you trust, the keyword trust, find people around you, but also to get people that, that wants your best. And uh, it can be a yeah. coach, it can be a mentor, it can be a counselor, or all the above to, mm -hmm. to find people and uh, to reach out and ask for help. And it's like you said earlier, that people want to help. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of times we feel like we're the only one, we're, we're going through this thing. And uh, I think it's more so for men too, and going through su suicidal thoughts and actually committing suicide is it's an epidemic among men, especially yeah. And so many men commit suicide in divorce. And uh, that is not an option. It, it's like uh, reach out, get the help. Uh, there are so many people that want to help. And I really like that about what you said. Divorce is the foundation of your future. A divorce definitely uh, was the foundation of my future. So many positive things has happened. But to take those daily steps every single day to make this life an amazing life. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. And just and just be gentle with yourself and kind. And I just want to add one thing, actually, what you were talking about. And for anybody who's listening, who has friends going through a divorce, do just check up on them, ask them how you can help. Yeah. And I actually, my counselor said a very wise thing uh, because I didn't feel like to bother people. Yeah. Uh, I had uh, several friends uh, that, that I asked to help and they, they were very instrumental, but I didn't want to have to call them all, all the time. Mm -hmm. So she said, why don't you ask them to call you, at least for the first maybe six months on yeah. a regular basis, maybe uh, weekly or bi-weekly, uh, so you don't have that pressure of feeling that they're bothering you. And they did. It was so awesome. Just, People like to know what to do because sometimes our friends don't know what to do because they, they, yeah. they're not in it. They haven't, or if they haven't been through it and they might be married and they want to help, but they don't know what to do. So exactly. Give, give them jobs. Yeah. 
And it's also very healing to start helping other people. Yeah. This is uh, maybe a little bit further mm -hmm. down the road, but one of the mm -hmm. steps in the 12 step program of AA, the 12th step is to start reaching out and helping other people. And in this journey, that's also one of the most amazing things mm -hmm. to be able to help others. That's very healing as well. So, mm -hmm. but. Uh, yeah. This has been so much fun, Tosh. Uh, I'd you. love to have you on the podcast when your book is out to, to share a little bit more about the book. And uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Pleasure. Thank you so much. And thank you for being such a great host as well. And it's really liked, uh, really great to say hi to Texas. Yeah. <laughs> on this Friday afternoon. Exactly. In <laughs> the world. I'm talking to New York later, so it's great to talk to Texas today, yep. this afternoon. <laughs> Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure and so so lovely for you to have me on the podcast as well.